Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have Dennis Kramer from Pennsylvania. Thank you for, for being with me today, Dennis. You're so welcome. Glad to be here. Well, Dennis, the Word of God says in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. And you prophesy. Yeah, I prophesy a lot. I've been doing it for about 43 years. I've visited some 18 nations, uh, actually known as a prophet to the nations. And it was a gift that God sovereignly deposited in my life back when I was about 20 or 21. I'm now 65. So it's been a privilege to be a, a prophetic minister for Jesus Christ. The supernatural is very real. And we know today that, that God uses the supernatural to minister to the lost and hurting, as well as the body of Christ. Tell me how that gift works in you. Yeah, that's very interesting that you would bring that up. Paul said that when prophets were prophesying in the Corinthian church, that the saved and the unsaved, the initiated and the uninitiated, the learned and the unlearned. That meant believers and non-believers would come into their gatherings and the prophets would be prophesying. And Paul said that the prophetic words that were being spoken by the prophets would minister to both the believer and the unbeliever. He put it this way in the King James Version, that the prophets would convince and convict the unbelievers in their meetings, and the unbelievers would fall down on their knees or their faces in those meetings and say, God is in this place of a truth. So we think that prophecy is only for the believer. That's not true. I have ministered to many believers, but also many unbelievers because in that same passage Paul said that prophecy can reveal the secrets of men's hearts and that doesn't mean just the believers hearts so I've had many unbelievers come to my meetings and the gift of prophecy has revealed their hearts and had a serious impact on their lives amen that's what we want yeah yeah well tell me a little bit how does a person, once you prophesy over them, how do they, what do they do to process that? Uh, another great question, and there is a great responsibility when someone hears from God. It's not a magic wand. Uh, it doesn't happen automatically. Uh, it isn't something that you can just put on the shelf and you think it will come to pass on its own. Prophecy is very much a hands-on dynamic. There's a responsibility for the person hearing from God to do something with it. It begins by judging the prophecy. We're not judging God. We're not judging his speaking skills. We're judging our hearing skills. Did the prophet hear accurately? So we judge the prophecy. We put it through a number of tests, probably eight or nine different biblical tests that we can test the prophecy to. And then once we've judged it as accurate, then that person has the responsibility of meeting the conditions. And this is what I want to say to your audience. Prophecy is conditional. Personal prophecy is conditional. There are always conditions in a prophecy, and they come in two forms, either stated or implied. 
The stated conditions in a personal prophecy are obviously any conditions stated in the prophecy. I will do this, says the Lord, if you will do this. So there are stated conditions in prophecy. There are also implied conditions. And the implied conditions are those conditions in the Bible that tell us how to conduct our lives. We must abide by the conditions of God's word, the implied conditions, in order to see our personal prophecies come to pass. So when someone is prophesied over, they have the responsibility of judging that prophecy, making sure it's authentic, and then meeting any conditions, either the ones stated in the prophecy or the ones in the Bible, for example. If the prophecy talks about personal prosperity and God wants to bless you financially, well, everybody likes that. But there are conditions in the Bible that talk about how to conduct our financial lives. You can't have eight credit cards maxed out at 18% interest and think a prophecy is going to somehow make that go away. You've got to be a good steward of your finances. Then the prophecy can come to pass. So when someone hears from God, there's an awesome, awesome amount of responsibility on the part of that person to judge it, to meet the conditions, and then to stay faithful. What a lot of people do is after they get a prophecy, they forget there's going to be resistance. They forget there's going to be tests and trials and tribulations. And Satan, Jesus said, was a thief. Well, what the thieves do, they steal. So the devil would love to steal that person's financial, uh, that person's uh, prophetic uh, future or destiny. And so you've got to come against all the resistance, all the adverse circumstances that arise. Uh, if you read the scriptures, many times after a person heard from God prophetically, their lives went in the opposite direction. So you have to understand these things when you hear from God or you can be discouraged and you can discredit prophecy when in fact the prophecy was accurate all along. The person just didn't know what happens after you get a prophecy. Prophecy. Amen. Well, tell me about some pro uh, prophetic words that you have given that has come to pass. Well, <laughs> you mean 43 years worth. Um, all I can tell you is uh, that I have a track record. Uh, all I can tell you is what people have come to me uh, and said to me over the years. Most recently, uh, I have prophesied over a number of people who could not conceive. I mean, I would know that there was barrenness on this couple. I mean, it happens a lot. I can look at a married couple and I know that they're barren. I, I know they haven't been able to conceive. And so over the years, I have prophetically uh, rebuked barrenness and prophesied fruitfulness and countless couples around the world have conceived and had miracle babies because of this prophetic word. Uh, it happens regularly. Uh, I just came from a church uh, where I prophesied to a young man uh, regarding a brand new job. It was fulfilled within three days. I mean, uh, it kind of caught me a little off guard. The truth is, I have 43 years of predictive prophecies coming to pass, and that is what separates the men from the boys. If you're a true prophet, true, you will predict future events, and they will come to pass. I just have 
a 43-year track record of people telling me, this is what you said. It seemed absolutely impossible. We didn't believe it was true, but it came to pass. There's a great scripture in Acts, and it talks about uh, uh, Agabus, a prophet named Agabus. And it says that Agabus stood up and said, hey, there is going to be a famine in the land, in a nearby region. And so he stands up and he predicts a future event. And then that same verse says, and this came to pass in such and such a time period. So that means they listen to Agabus the next time because his predictive prophecy comes to pass. So I run across a lot of people who think they're prophets and prophetesses. They may be. But if they are, they have to have that element of prediction. And those prophecies must come to pass or they shouldn't be walking around telling people they're prophets. Amen to that. <laughs> you know, in Psalm 139, it says, All of our days have been ordained. So God is in our future. Expand upon that. Yeah, um, it's true. Our days are numbered. That's almost taken on a negative connotation. Our days are numbered. That's not what it means. It means that our days are numbered to live the abundant life, to walk with God, to experience supernatural fellowship with God. And I tell people, are you enjoying the abundant life that Jesus promised? And I get this look like, well, what do you mean? It has nothing to do with being a prophet. Jesus promised all of his children an abundant life, not scraping off the bottom of the barrel, not just getting by, not existing, but life. Of course, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he meant living a life in him. So I have been experiencing for years a supernaturally abundant life, not because I'm a prophet, but because that's what I gave up drugs for. That's what I said in 1971. I want what I saw people had. And I gave myself to the Lord, surrendered my life to him. And I said, I want to walk in the abundance, Jesus, that you said you have. And I have literally walked in an abundant lifestyle for 43 years. So you were, you came out of drugs, is that I did. correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how did you get saved and tell me how you discovered your gift? Uh, great question. I was a 19 year old kid. I had a Roman Catholic background, but no real knowledge of the Lord. Uh, at 19, I was experimenting with drugs. I knew that wasn't the answer. I actually gave up drugs before I became a Christian because I knew it was just not healthy. But I got in touch with what was called the Jesus people of those days. And these were young, hippie-type people that were serving the Lord. And that drew me in. I was attracted to them. They looked like me. They played guitar like me. They, I mean, they were the young, hip, cool people of the day. And I connected with that. So I went to a, a Jesus people meeting. I didn't know what that meant, except that there was going to be a bunch of Jesus people there. So I went in. I immediately wanted what I saw. The worship was upbeat. The people were happy. The speaker was speaking like no one I ever heard before. And they gave an altar call. Well, I didn't know what an altar call was. And the guy next to me says, well, that's where you go forward and pray a prayer with him and accept the Lord. Oh, I didn't know you did that, but I want to do that. So I went forward on December 4th, of 1971, 19-year-old kid, I gave my heart to the Lord, 
And then, within two years, I found myself prophesying. I didn't know what the gift was. I didn't know I had it. I just knew that I felt things on the inside. I just knew that I would feel inspired to say something to you. And people would say, boy, is that the Lord? And I'd said, what, what was the Lord? Well, what you just said, that was the Lord. And I said, what do you mean that's the Lord? Well, I had that conversation with my wife last night. And I would say, what are you telling me? And they would say, you're hearing from God. God is showing you things for people, and God is speaking. Those things you're telling people, those are prophecies. I went, seriously? I didn't know I had a gift. If I'm totally honest with you and your listeners, I stumbled upon it. And most people that I know that are effective in the kingdom didn't wake up one day and say, I want to do, they stumble upon their gifting. And so now I'm the product of 43 years of practicing in the prophetic, a gift that I absolutely stumbled upon as a 20 or 21 year old kid. Awesome, just awesome. Well, tell me about, uh, you're married. How did you meet your wife? Mm -hmm. uh, my wife and I will be married 43 years in November. This is a true story. Uh, I was uh, 20, 21 years of age. We were married at 22. So I was 20 or 21 years of age, single, serving the Lord. This incredibly beautiful young woman walked into the church, and I was immediately taken by her beauty. Uh, so we dated, that sort of thing, but not very successfully. In fact, we only had a date. Uh, and uh, I was praying one night, and the Lord spoke to me, I mean out of heaven. And he said to me, I'm going to give you this young woman to be your wife. Far out, I said. It was 1971, or uh, 72, 73. I said, wow, I called her on the phone. I had one date. I had one date with her. She was back at college. I was back working. We were probably three hours apart. So I called her on the phone and told her, Diane, I've got good news for you. Um, the Lord spoke to me tonight. Oh, great. What was it? Well, here's what the Lord said. I'm going to give you Diane to be your wife. It got quiet on the other end of the phone. She then said, and I quote, not only do I not love you, I don't even like you. And she completely shut me down, hung up the phone. I was crushed. It never occurred to me that God had not spoken to her. I assumed I had heard from God, so she must have, or at least she would say, oh, I believe you. But I was very naive in those days. I almost blew the relationship. God healed it. We dated a couple times that summer. We were engaged in August of 1973 and married in November of 1973. So that was accurate that you heard from the Lord. I did, but I didn't know about the due season of prophecy and how it's possible to get ahead of the prophecy, which was all my fault. Mm. Talk to me a little <laughs> bit more about the seasons in a person's life. Yeah, uh, God, according to the scriptures, not only does he move by seasons, he invented seasons. God put the earth together, first the natural, then the spiritual. And in the natural, everything is done by seasons. You know, I mean, we have seasons. So God not only goes by them, he invented them, he created them. So if you read the scripture, God often moves 
in our lives by seasons, which means a particular period of time. And so some of us as believers are very impatient and impulsive, and we think God goes by our timex, which is not true. Um, to everything, the Bible says, there is a season. And so God moves by seasons, and a wise believer discerns the time and the season that he or she is in, and they go with that season until that season passes and closes and accomplishes its purpose for the next season. So God is often changing seasonally in our lives, and we sometimes miss that because we're, we're too geared to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Seasons are bigger, broader, they take more time, sometimes months and years in a season. So it's good for your listeners to understand, throw away your Timex, don't look at your calendar, and try to dis discern the season that God may have you in. Well, if a person was in a season of the now, um, talk to me a little bit about that. Okay, when you say, tell me what you mean, the season of the now, what do you mean? Tell time, me. Time to take steps, time to take action. Yeah. Um, to move out, yeah. to expand the territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I personally, in my opinion, I personally believe uh, that we as believers need to be more aggressive, uh, more opportunistic, uh, more proactive. I am not encouraging your listeners to try to self-fulfill a prophecy or to force God's hand or to make something happen in the flesh. None of those things. But I do believe that most of us, most believers, are too passive, too lethargic, too indifferent, and we need to be more aggressive and more opportunistic. In fact, the season that I feel the church is in, and this will apply to you and me and your listeners, the season right now that I think we are in is to be more mobile, to be mobilized for the kingdom's sake. Not to be stale, certainly not to be stagnant or even static, but to be fluid and moving and growing and moving ahead in the things of God. That's the season that we're in. The word that I was thinking of sharing this morning, here at church would be, it's time to mobilize. And when you mobilize, that means you get up, you shake off whatever is on you, and you move ahead. It doesn't mean you get ahead of God. It doesn't mean you, you miss the timing of God. It doesn't mean that you're trying to prematurely bring a new season into being. It simply means that you're taking your gifts, your talents, your resources, you're saying, here am I, send me, and you are mobilizing and doing what Jesus told us to do, which is to occupy till he comes. We're too stale. We're too stagnant. We think that Christianity is Sunday morning. It's one morning out of seven. To mobilize means we make ourselves available to the Lord every day of the week. And we take our gifts and skills and talents and our abilities. And we say, here, here's what you've gifted me to do. I'm going to do something with what you've given me. That's mobilization. Amen. Well, on that note, would you uh, pray for our listeners? And it's been a pleasure to have you on the broadcast and look forward to um, you coming back to Fort, Fair, Fort Fairfield, Maine at Celebration mm -hmm. Center. And um, But I always like to activate our faith and to, exactly what you said, mobilize. Yeah. So encourage our listeners. I will do that. Father, uh, for those men and women of God, your sons and daughters who are listening to this broadcast today, 
I pray that they each will take this broadcast seriously, that they will have a renewed faith and hope in the prophetic, that it is good, that it is God, that it is real, that it can be depended upon. If any listener here needs a word from God, uh, may they be put in touch with the right church and the right people to receive their life-changing prophetic word. But Father, today, for those who are listening, I pray that you would speak to them regarding their season. Let them be as a son of Issachar, as the sons of Issachar, who discerned the times and seasons they were in. May every listener know the time and the season that they are in. I pray for greater power upon every listener, greater grace, a greater awareness of their gifts and callings. And I speak that word, mobilization. May each of you be mobilized today to do the will of God and to give glory to God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And Dennis, if someone wanted to get in contact with your ministry, how would they do that? The best way is through the internet. Simply go to Dennis Kramer Ministries. You'll see my picture, my bio. They can contact me through my website, Dennis Kramer Ministries. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for joining me. Tune in again next week for another broadcast of Destiny Moments.